Hey, I don't know about you, but in a kind of a busy, hectic week of life, um, I can get the, that scattered feeling. Anybody ever feel scattered? Uh, I asked the like, general audience of our Instagram panel, and uh, there, were, there were like 35. Anyways, everybody said yes, that they, they feel scattered. Um, but when you feel scattered, your mind and your heart and your thoughts are kind of like all over the place, right? Like you can't really tie anything down. Maybe you don't even quite know what you're thinking. And a good visual metaphor for this is uh, tumbleweed. Anybody seen tumbleweed? Sam? That's a tumbleweed. Now, we don't see those in Mississippi. Uh, they tend to be out like, what, the west, Arizona-ish. Uh, what are they, Texas? Texas, Texas, okay, yes, those places, uh, that's where uh, they are. But the thing about a tumbleweed is that they're not, like, rooted anything. At once they were rooted, but then the season changed, and they kind of, like, die from being the shrub. And you can see, like, see where their roots were on the left? They just kind of peel up, and they, they roll, and they're all, like, tangled up within itself, and it just kind of has no roots. It just kind of rolls wherever the wind blows. And friends, I think a lot of us feel like a tumbleweed at times, which isn't that great of a feeling uh, to be tangled up and have our thoughts like all over the place, to not really feel rooted. So my prayer for us tonight is that we would root ourselves in God's love. And if there's any place in us that is not rooted, that the Spirit would, uh, would speak clarity over us and call those things out and replant us. Um, in the places of God's love. So one of the reasons that we feel so scattered is because, is because our way of life and our, the culture of today, the fast movement of, of what is life for us. But also we feel scattered because we don't know how to rest. We're not good at being still. Let's take a poll in this room. How many of you would say that you have a healthy way of resting and that you practice rest, also known as you practice Sabbath at least once a week. Let me see it. You know, a Sabbath, a Sabbath, who has healthy rest rhythm that also practice Sabbath once a week that's built into their rhythm? Raise your hand. All right. A few of you. Oh yeah. I'm saying consistently. That's the key. Consistent, not just last week, no, consistent way of, all right, any, any hands left after I say consistent? <laughs> no. <laughs> if you have to have it defined, you're not doing it. <laughs> all right, all right. The point is, the point is we need our rest to be made over. We need a rest makeover. We need to learn what it's like to rest in a healthy kind of way. All right, rest is written into the rhythm of creation. Rest is written to the rhythm of creation. So God created creation with a rhythm. For six days he worked, created, correct. And on the seventh day he rested, right. It's, work, it's worked into the rhythm of, of creation. God set up the universe and he made a created order and he created our bodies and the universe to function in this kind of way, to work and to rest. Can you imagine music without rest? Anybody? No, it's, we need rest. Even music needs rest. We're created for rest. 
listen, you guys, if we continue to go like 90 minutes, miles a minute, that kind of way of life, if we never slow down to be still and recognize that God is God and that we are not, we're living this very distracted life. Let me tell you what I read earlier this week from Pastor Kevin Queen. He said, the enemy's greatest objective is not you worshiping him, but you worshiping anything but Jesus. He's content with you ordering your life around anything or anyone other than God. So if he can't have you in depravity, he'll take you in distraction, running all over the place like a tumbleweed, looking for something to satisfy your soul. And there are countless things in this world that promise us freedom but lend, that end up making us feel empty and hollow on the inside. Things like materialism and pornography and, and, and popularity, drugs, fame, pleasure, and countless other things that over-promise and under-deliver. St. Augustine said back in 400 AD, our hearts are restless until it rests in you. That's never been more true for us tonight in a culture that is constantly going with more options. I mean, you go down the cereal aisle with more options, chip aisle, than you ever need um, to try to make decisions. And Jesus' offer and his invitation is still the same. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy, burdened, for you will find rest for your souls. Rest, the truest form of rest. It is the way, there is another way of living life other than this tumbleweed way of living. Jeremiah, a prophet of the Old Testament, uh, plants for us a uh, metaphor that speaks about the heart of how we were made, but then he kind of shows us why it matters what we are rooted in. Check out Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. He says this, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Jeremiah paints this beautiful picture of this tree that's rooted next to the stream with its roots that are like running deep into the water. I imagine it looks a little bit like, look at this tree. Oh man, look at its roots as it's going deep into the water. This is the picture of a rich, rooted life. And what Jeremiah is saying is root your life in God, like, like a tree next to its beautiful stream that has fruit throughout any kind of circumstance. He says, not only will God give you what you need here in this place, but he'll also give you the confidence uh, to stand strong when the storm comes, because the storm will come. But Jeremiah says, even when the drought comes and, and, and even when the, the storm comes, that you can still have fruit in your life because the storm can't take God away from who is in you, right? Like nothing can take God out of you so that you can experience, even within drought, fruit, joy, love, peace, kindness, compassion. You can experience these things even within the storm, even within the drought. In the storm, you're going to know where you belong to because your roots run deep into him. It matters what you are rooted in. 
It matters what you're rooted in. This is the message that Paul is sharing to the church in Colossians, in Colossae, when he writes this letter. He's writing from jail, and he's encouraging this young church to move forward in their faith, to hold steady, to keep strong, because their world at the time is crazy. They've they've got people shouting all kinds of information that they could take in, and it's just a scattered life that they're living. And I think we can relate to this church in Colossae and to this culture of this day. So Paul tells them in Colossians 2.7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will go strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Paul is saying to put down deep roots in God, roots that run deep into the reality of who God is and his love for you. Let your heart be nourished by his truth. And we can't do this on the run. You have to slow down and be still. Our ability to be still is directly connected to our ability to put down roots. A tumbleweed is passive. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. But in order to put down roots, you've got to show up. You've got to put effort in. You've got to grow the roots down. You've got to be still. So here's what I mean when I say, like, be to, to let your roots put down roots. I mean to be still enough and to slow down enough to recognize God's voice and to know who he is, but also to be still enough and to recognize like what you need, what's going on in your own mind and in your own heart. I think we feel scattered a lot of the time because we don't really know what we need. We don't really know what's going on in our heart because sometimes like when we do find out what, what is going on, it's uncomfortable. So what do we do? We do, I don't have my phone. We take out our phone and we scroll, right? We just mindlessly scroll. And we call that rest because what? You are sitting on the couch, resting. We turn on the TV and we let Netflix play. You know, Netflix, they know what they're doing. The fact that they'll just, it'll just keep playing the next episode after the next episode and you're like, Oh, I need to do, oh, but it's another episode coming. You know it's going to happen, but before you know it, the day has gone by. Our rest, our being still is connected to our deep roots, but how we be still, the way in which we approach stillness matters because that shows what we're rooted in. If, If we're trying to rest and we're just scrolling, that's passive rest. It's not true rest. It's just like passively sitting there, you know? You're still taking in information as you like look at your screen. You're still processing. We need to redefine what rest is. And if you want some help in figuring out ways in which you can rest more in a more healthy way, John Mark Comer, I mean, he is the man of Sabbath. And he's got tons of podcasts, books, teaching sermons that that I can point you to if you care to go even deeper in that. So two things Paul says happens as a result of letting your roots grow deep down into God and building your life on him. He said, number one, your faith grows strong. Number two, your life overflows with thankfulness. That is just a result of a deeply rooted life in God. So let me give you some notes from Paul, six ways to put down roots in God. And the first one is this, live by grace through faith. Live by grace through faith. Colossians 2, 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. 
How did you receive Christ Jesus as Lord? Ephesians 2, verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So how do we live grace through faith in following Jesus? God just didn't just give us salvation and tell us to work things out on, by ourselves. We're saved by grace through faith. So we have to get off the treadmill of performance. We have to get off that treadmill of trying to prove ourselves worthy and good enough. And we have to, to, to step into God, recognizing that our right standing before God doesn't depend upon ourselves getting better. It's, it's on Jesus. It's on Jesus. If you're in Christ, you've already received his love and his approval. So now we walk out our salvation in the way that we received it, through grace, through faith. Number two, we follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. Colossians 2, 6, again. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to what? Follow him. Follow him. 1 John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Another translation, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Oh, these words are convicting and challenging. If you're claiming to live in him, if you're building roots down into Jesus, then our life should reflect the life of Jesus. You know those what would Jesus do bracelets? Were they trendy when you were a child? Because I'm like, you know, years older than you. They were trendy when you were a child. And they were more trendy that you had the bracelet than you actually did what it said, right? It was, it was more about having the colors. We used to have them where it was like the color of the rainbow, like I even had, and we'd have stacks of them. Anyways, what would Jesus do? Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. I mean, seriously, to, to, as you make decisions throughout your day, I bet you make hundreds of decisions within your day. I mean, what would Jesus do? How would he respond? How would he love in this situation? What would he do if he wasn't here in this situation? How would he love this person? Not a bad question to ask when it comes to following him. We need to ask that question more. What, what would Jesus do? Because I'm following him and my life needs to reflect him. So what would he do? Follow Jesus. Number three, we already said that if we build our lives on Jesus and we put down our roots, then as a result, we're going to overflow with thankfulness. But also, it's a, it's a calling. It's a command. Overflow with thankfulness. Take gratitude. Have gratitude. Paul is saying, overflow the banks of your lives with gratitude. Because when we express gratitude, it, it recenters us, right? It, it takes us and puts, it puts Jesus back in the center. Gratitude helps us realize that we have a God who not only has provided for us back then, but he's going to provide for us where we are now. He's good and he gives good gifts to his children. Ann Voskamp says that gratitude is always a function of perspective and joy is always a function of gratitude. So give yourself the gift of perspective. Next time you're feeling scattered, pull out a piece of paper and pen and, and give yourself 10 minutes and just write out the things in which you have to be thankful for. Pull out your phone and make that list. Here's that thing where to be rooted takes effort. It'd be really a lot more easier to pull out your phone and look at TikTok for 10 minutes. But how about next time you to make a list and actually thank God for the things that you have to be thankful for? Because no matter what situation that we find ourselves in, there's always something to be thankful for. 
And that perspective, that perspective roots us back into God. Perspective. Number four, guard your heart and mind. Paul continues in Colossians 2.8, and he says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than Christ. Paul is saying, be careful that no one leads you astray. That word capture, captive, that's strong language. And Paul is saying to be careful of any philosophy or any worldview that, that seeks to make sense of the world without Christ. What he's saying is that it's incomplete at best and dangerous at most. If there was, Christopher, if there was a hollow tree behind me, like I would not go put my, my hand in it because there could be what inside? Spiders. Spiders. What else? Snakes. Raccoons. Raccoons. I don't know if I... Serial killer. I don't know. I mean, there could be insects, bees, who knows? But I can tell you this, I'm not putting my hand in a hollow tree, right? Okay, I'm not putting my hand in a hollow tree. It's dangerous. Paul is saying, be careful where you put your mind and your heart. Don't put it in the things that's going to lead you to emptiness. Don't put it in the things that are, that are dangerous way of thinking because there's philosophies and worldviews that want to put man in the center, that want to take Jesus out of the, the equation, that want to tell you to build your life in these ways and root yourself in this thing, but it's empty. It leads you hollow, and before long, it starts taking, thing, taking it away from you. You become more hollow and more hollow the more you build your life in hollow things. You will begin to reflect the thing in which you are rooted in. That's why where you are rooted matters. Where you are rooted matters. So guard your heart and your mind. Number five, let Christ fill you up. We'll keep going with Paul. He says in verse 9 and 10, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. It is only because Christ is fullness that we can be fulfilled. It's why my life was empty before him. He's filled us with joy and peace and and patience and his spirit and, and his fullness. Everything we need to be whole, complete, fulfilled is found in Jesus. Fullness is not found in a human relationship, in marriage, in a dream job, in the perfect GPA. Paul makes it clear that you don't need anything but Jesus. So another way of saying that is that Christ plus nothing equals everything. Christ plus nothing equals everything. You have everything you need in Christ. Lastly, number six, go to the cross. When you feel scattered, when you feel empty, when you feel hollow, when you feel alone, when you feel fear, when you feel anything that's not of God, go to the cross. Remember the cross. Colossians 2, 13 through 14. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us, and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Jesus took your sin, he took my sin, nailed it to the cross. He took all sin, he took all means, all the things that you can't remember and all the things that you can't forget. He canceled your debt, it's gone. When he said it is finished, he removed it. And scripture teaches us that God remembers it no more. 
remembers it no more. You know how your fingers are members of your body? Okay, sin was a member of your body, is a member, and God remembers it no more. He doesn't attach it to us anymore. When God sees us, he sees Jesus. He sees his son. He sees his son because of what happened on a tree over 2,000 years ago at a place called Golgotha, outside a city where Jesus hung on the cross so that as he breathed his last breath, you could breathe new life so that you could have a life rooted in the love of God. So when you feel scattered, when I feel scattered, let us go to the cross. Let us remember what he did. He laid down his life so that you could have deep roots in his love, so that your heart can be rooted in his love. He triumphed over sin and death and darkness and and shame and fear and eternal separation from the Father because of what he did. And now you are free. You're free to live. You're free to be free from the power of sin over your life, and you're free to know God. You're free to know his fullness, and you're free to live in him. You're free to plant your roots in him. You don't have to live a scattered life like a tumbleweed anymore. You can live that life like a tree that's planted in the water that will nourish and help you stand firm and confident no matter what comes your way. You have life of substance and purpose because you are deeply rooted in him. Friends, I want to read over us this uh, benediction, basically what Paul writes in Ephesians um, where he kind of gives a prayer to the church in Ephesus. And I want to pray this and read this over us tonight. Would you receive these words that were written by Paul for a church, but that is written for us and said for us tonight? I pray that this from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through the, his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or ever imagine. Spirit of the Lord is here, overflow in this place, fill our hearts with your 